Uh, hey everybody, it's uh, Scooter here, and it's uh, it's Friday night, seven thirty p.m. I figured we could use, uh, maybe we could try out this uh, Reddit app I have here. I don't know how much we're gonna be, so we'll see how this goes. We'll just do a re- rending Reddit reditation. Um. So I say get some pictures off of Reddit. So we'll kind of make a we'll go, we'll go from there. You know, it's interesting where this starts, though, because you know we we just see it here in the U.S. We had the passing of Nancy Reagan, and her funeral was just I think it was today. And of all the people, and of all the heads of state, and all the people, you know, the person that stuck out to me the most that I saw was that Mr. T was at the funeral. And I don't know if everybody knows who Mr. T is. I guess he, when I think of Mr. T, I think of Sasha Baron, Baron, oh boy. Why can't I say Sasha Baron, 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 Sasha Baron Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen. Something in there that doesn't work for my mouth, Sasha Baron Cohen. I don't know, when it goes through my head, it goes through fine, but sometimes, but anyway, I think of those two guys in a similar way. Uh, just Mr. T is less, uh, and I might regret everything I'm saying here, but Mr. T is less uh, rooted in humor, which kind of brings up this whole mystery. Because uh, you have uh, Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen. I guess if you say it like Sasha Baron Cohen, that's how you say it, Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, you got to say it fast. You know, he has these characters that he does, and he goes all in on the characters. Uh, he makes these characters that are fun, funny, uh, that, that he's fully immersed in. And But we know that he, he's kind of behind it, but when he's in the character, he doesn't break characters. So you kind of, it's almost like Sasha Baron Cohen is like a, a magician, and those are kind of his acts. I guess that might be a wrong way of putting it. But it, it, I, don't, I don't know. He becomes those characters, I would say. But we know that there's also a, a mind and a being and a creator behind those characters or a force, right? Uh, which makes them all the more impressive, impressive. But with Mr. T, and let me just run through who Mr. T is uh, for everybody. And that I have like... Uh, I don't really know anything, and this is where it gets interesting. It's like, geez, I know very little about Mr. T, the man, including his real name, which I probably has crossed my path once or twice before. And actually, I don't even know where, you know, where Mr. T came from. So anyone that hasn't been, is like uh, under 30, uh, you probably know Mr. T from like commercials and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball movies where he voiced the uh, security guard character. He did a wonderful job at doing that. And those are some wonderful movies. Before that, yeah, he kind of did some television commercials and I think he had, he was, he was ill and I think he struggled on and off with uh, some serious illnesses. Uh, and before that, back in the eighties, when I was just a tiny, tiny, you know, little lad, I don't know if I, I think this is the first time I was called a little lad. I just called myself, I like that, a little lad kind of feel like me. Oh, cause that's why Cersei calls me that, you know, and they say, you know, cause she calls, uh, Sansa her little bird. And they say, who am I? And she says, well, little lad and tiny lad. And they say, and they say, okay. And say, but that's, you know, that's part of our relationship. The part that, you know, works for me. And you say, well, which part works for you, Scoots? Uh, tell us more. Uh, the part where you have an imaginary relationship with an imaginary character or the part where she humiliates you as part? And they say, but, um, oh, all parts. And they say, anyway, can we talk about Mr. T's problems for a minute, please? Or not, uh, not his problem. So, so let me break it down for you. Best I can tell you of my Mr. T timeline. So, it's uh, I don't know which came first, Rocky or uh, this TV show called The A Team. But so, Mr. T 
uh, was this, and I guess this is the best context. Now, if I'm insulting any hardcore Mr. T fans or, you know, heaven forbid Mr. T listens to this, I'm not trying to insult you or hate on you or anything like that. And you, if you listen to any of these other, any podcast episode I made, you'll see I'm the buffoon, you know. So you're not the buffoon. This is just my attempt, you know, for the younger people that are listening. But I think this is a thing, because maybe, so I'm not making any definitive statements about you, Mr. T. And you might see that I really have some childhood appreciation. But I would say that this uh, Sasha Baron Baron Cohen, if I could just not butcher his name, Sasha Baron Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen, Maybe I'm like in some fugue state and I'm totally messing his name up 100%. Uh, but I don't know if Mr. T ever breaks character. So he, I may be wrong is what I'm saying. But I think if you're trying to wrap your mind around who Mr. T is, just imagine if Sasha Baron Cohen uh, never broke one of his characters, which would be tough because Mr. T's character is a little bit more likable. I would say Ali G... But Ali G would even have trouble being as mainstream as Mr. T. But Borat would probably not. And I haven't seen Grimsby or Gr- Grimsby yet, so I don't know about that character. But let's just say Ali, let's just say Ali G was who Sasha Baron Cohen. He never and you say he can't really be like that, you know. And then maybe he even played Borat, and then he went back to Ali G. I don't know if that wouldn't work either now. But you'd say, is that guy for real, that L.E.G. guy? And, and let's say he was like a softer uh, version of L.E.G. You just wonder, and you'd be like, well, Jesus, what, what is that guy doing on the weekends when he's not L.E.G.? Is he L.E.G. 24-7 like that? Because that seems exhausting. And I think I'm making this even more confusing, but I guess that's a good way to go to sleep, right? Uh, so anyway, if you if if that didn't lose you, and uh, you know I see, good thing I don't write the SATs. I think I said that recently in another episode, right? You know, for your final English essay, explain what would happen if uh, Ali G was Sasha Baron Cohen. You know, and also correct you know any mistakes I've made with the beginning of the show. But so Mr. T, as far as I know, I don't know pre my awareness of him. He he kind of burst into my awareness. And again, I'm not sure which was, but he's this he's this very muscular African American man with the Mohawk. And he had this very gruff attitude. And he had a I guess like a go is that a goatee head or a beard? I guess he maybe had a beard. And he was on this TV show called The A Team. And he was also in one of the Rocky movies, um, like one of the middle Rocky movies before he fought the Russian guy. And, but, but before, but so, but, but whenever that was, so I don't know which came first, Rocky or the A-team or they came together. But even in Rocky on the A-team and in public appearances, he was the same person, even though he had three different names. Uh, so as, as far as like the legal business is concerned or like his, uh, his official name, he was Mr. T. And then on uh, the A-team, which I could go into, his name was B.A. Baracus. And B.A. stood for badass as far as I know, or bad attitude. Actually, it stood for bad attitude, you know, because this was in the... Uh, 80s when you couldn't say anything so badass would die but but you know you could figure it out because uh, he was a badass and he had a bad attitude and then in the rocky movie i can't remember his name it'll probably come to me but he essentially played the same character as B, he played mr t b.a baracus and the character in rocky they were the same a badass with a bad attitude and a heart of gold like he was seriously cast Again, I don't want to say anything controversial, but I wonder if Michael Eisner was behind all this. Like, this was, uh, is anyone, okay, another question that was never answered. Were Michael Eisner and Bette Midler ever married? I don't think I ever got an answer from that, for about that. Uh, cause Michael Eisner, 
he was big in the Disney Corporation, but he had this term synergy. And, and Mr. T, again, no offense to anybody, almost seemed like a piece of synergy in some sense because he was a badass with a bad attitude. He was funny, and he had a heart of gold. And never forget that the heart of gold is important. And the, I guess that's why you could stay in character to go back to Ali G., uh, and Mr. T would only be the foil, not out of uh, ignorance or, uh, I, I guess, yeah, Mr. T, I don't know if he actually had, like, he didn't, he definitely didn't suffer from a lack of self-awareness. There wouldn't be any jokes about that, where Ali G or Borat, you know, they kind of have this, uh, they have differing types of uh, lack of self-awareness that trigger some of the jokes and the humor. And I think part of what makes that work is that you say, well, geez, there's this guy doing, you know, where Mr. T, I guess he's like, oh, no, this is a real guy. Well, I guess I never understood that part. I mean, he was perfect for the 80s and perfect for however old I was. Like, uh, And so he was this, he became hugely famous as far as I could, do, at least to me. In my mind, it was like Mr. T was probably... I don't even know what popular people, other people there were around. There was like Johnny Carson, but I didn't know. I just knew who he was. I never seen his show. You know, there was Mr. T. Uh, and there were some other people, but it was, so Mr. T was, so he was on the show A-Team. Now let me tell you about the A-Team because they remade it into a movie and I'm still upset about this. And, you know, I don't go on many tirades, but, and I've gone on this on the show before, but I feel like they, and I know they use this very popular MMA, uh, fighter, uh, to replace Mr. T on the movie, the A-Team, but I still don't understand why they didn't hire Ice Cube, uh, to play. That would have been the, the best casting because he's got this comedic. I just don't get it. Like, uh, that just seemed to me, like, if you're going to reboot it, and and it's just because they had uh, Bradley Cooper, you know, so they had some star power. So it would have been nice, especially see Brad Bradley Cooper and Ice Cubes together. You know, as soon as I heard that A-Team reboot, I was like, okay, that's who's playing. That's the only person that could play uh, B.A. Baracus other than Mr. T is Ice Cube. And that's really the only other person that should have even attempted it. And he would have been really good and he would have brought his own, like he would have reinvented B.A. Baracus. Uh, but tirade over, you know, because I don't make movies, you know, and I've been, you know, they say, they actually, they just tell, at Bakersfield, they ask me, they say, please don't go any further south, Scooter. And then at the, the Tehan Pass or whatever the heck it's called, they just, they, they have a weather machine there in case anybody doesn't know about it. And it's related to my GPS. So they just shut that down, Tehan or whatever it's called. Uh, that's like this, um, these hills, you, this mountain pass you got to go over to get from the Bay Area. You drive through the Central Valley and then you go over this last set of mountain. And they're, they're not really mountains, they're just really steep hills. And now the mountain pass is going to be angry at me too. But uh, uh, in order to get into the valley, to get into Los Angeles. But so anyway, I didn't think this would become an A-team critic cast, but it just it really drives me batty thinking about missed chances because I really think, uh, I mean, I excuse to proving again and again that he is a, uh, a movie star. Oh, this, also, this podcast is sponsored by Ice Cube Incorporated. Uh, get your stocks in uh, Ice Cube today. And no, it's not. It's, I, I would I would take that as a spot. I mean, and, uh, not, you know, only him, you know, not some corporation, you know, doing that. But so, okay, anyway, back to back to my uh, under 35 group here. That made me, you know, I know you're sitting on the edge of your bed here. Okay, Scoots, tell us more. Are you going to go on another? Okay. Well, yeah. So there's a show, A-Team. And it was, a, now back in the 80s, they had this genre TV. Because again, and again, I do just we just had the passing of Nancy Reagan and, and Ronnie and stuff. But there was this like Wonder Bread. America was going through this Wonder Bread phase. 
uh, where things were very sanitized and, I mean, I'd say white. And, I mean, we're still kind of going through that. And, and like, everything is, you know, packs full, full of vitamins. You know, that's as metaphorical as I get around it. But so t- TV was very... Um, they were doing the best they could on the creative side, I'm sure, but it was uh, not a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff allowed on TV. Uh, so the A-Team was like this genre of show, like I think Miami Vice would be the pinnacle of the, that, that genre. And A-Team would be, I mean, for a kid, I was just a little kid. It was the greatest show ever made. It was like an action show. It was a procedural show, which I mean by procedural, I'd say these uh, law and order style NCIS shows uh, where the episode starts with the problem and the rest of the episode is figuring out how we're going to fix the problem. Usually it's a mystery based problem or, you know, as a series of change arounds. So the A-team, they were a team of crack Vietnam vets forced to live in hiding because they were such do-gooders, you know, and the government didn't like that stuff. Uh, soldiers of fortune, you know, and if you, whatever, I can't, I'm not good at remembering stuff, but it was like, if you need, if you're ever in trouble and you need to, maybe you could find them, the A-team. And they would come to your rescue, like if your town got taken over by bikers. I think that happened a few times on the A-team. Or, you know, you were, sometimes it was somewhat political. You know, if you were, your farm got taken over by a baron, you know, a third world baron. And, you know, I'm trying to think any other plots. I think those are the two. I'm trying to think, you know, if you were to a factory got taken, you know, stuff like that. The A-team would come in and they would dismantle. They'd say, hey, this needs to stop, you know. And so Mr. T, B.A. Brackus, he was the one of the essential. He, he They had a sweet van, which he drove most of the time. So the team, the A-team was uh, B.A. Brackus, uh, Colonel something, who was their leader. Uh, and he was like kind of, the, he was like a little bit of a wise guy. Uh, I, I don't know. He was, he, I wouldn't say he was the brains, but I guess he kind of was. Uh, then they had this guy, Face, who was played. He was the one who Bradley Cooper played in the movie. And he was a good-looking guy. He was the salesman. A chameleon, you know, he would do a lot of, you know, pretending, going to roll. You know, he played like a little bit of a Harrison Ford uh, trickster hero. Then you had Murdoch, who was like, him and Mr. T and Murdoch were like the two, they were best friends, total opposites, best friends that hated each other. And Murdoch was the weird guy. Maybe he'd do the do this podcast, you know. I'm like the Murdoch of podcasting, and I ain't talking about Rupert. Um, but, and he was like, he, he, he could, he was like kind of, like, he was super intelligent and not smart at all. So he'd be in charge of figuring out, you know, the obscure things or making a helicopter out of a bicycle. And then, but then Mr. T, he had, he was like the engineer also. He had the mechanical knowledge. So he would be the one that built the actual, like Murdoch might come up with the idea. Mr. T would tweak it and Mr. T would build the uh, helicopter out of, you know, bicycle parts. And then Murdoch would, you know, crash into a chicken coop. The chickens would fly in the face of the, uh, whatever, the, the evil, you know, the farm farm overlord. And it would end up, he was, you know, the, he was allergic to chicken feathers or something, you know. Or Murdoch would show up, or what his face would go in and say, I'm a chicken, you know, I'm here to buy this land. I'm with the Purdue Chicken Corporation. So they were a team that would solve problems. Sometimes there'd be action sequences, but in like even as a kid, I knew I was like, man, these what what you know? Because they might it just was just just kind of action. It was you know homogenized action, I guess. It was action of the times, and it was also the time slots. I think it was on at nine eight or nine p.m. Actually, it was, I'm pretty sure it was on at eight p.m. So I mean. Talk about a parent's worst nightmare, having a house full of five boys, my mom. 
and then having us watch the A-team, and then we'd have to go to bed. Holy mackerel, that must have been terrible. I feel bad for her. You know, because we'd be probably, re- I'd be, like, doing barrel rolls. And that's, like, the A-team's, right, like, where I learned that even if you get in a fender bender, dive out of the car immediately. Uh, don't do that, by the way. I was wrong. Uh, because the car's about to go up. Uh, so... So the, that was the A-team, and it just, I know I talked about this a long time ago, but they, that was like this, it was a dream of me of me as a boy, because it was like, a, I don't know what night of the week it was, but it was like action night. I don't know if it was Friday, Saturday, Thursday night, uh, but it was like, holy cow, this A-team is so good. Uh, but then there was a show on after it for a while called Riptide, which was essentially the same show, but with two good-looking guys and then kind of a nerdy guy who had a robot, which I loved that show, but I could only, be, you know, I could, ha- I would have to, like, uh, like, hopefully my mom will watch and I could hide behind the couch and watch that. And then after that, the great show called Remington Steel, which Pierce Brosnan was on, where he pay, played like a kind of private eye, I think. I barely ever watched that show because that was like on a 10 o'clock at night, which for me was like one in the morning. Uh, but I think that was like one where it was like Pierce Brosnan. You know, there's a lot of shows like that where he was paired with a... Those shows were probably steeped in misogyny too. I mean, I'm not trying to be... I'm just saying like it's, it's times have changed a lot, you know. Uh, but maybe not because I wasn't awake, you know. So, yeah, in, in this Riptide show, I, I really liked that, because I only saw it a few times. Uh, there was also a show on called Hunter, which I think might have been, a, I don't know if that was on the same, you know, it had replaced one of the other shows. Uh, but that show featured a ex-football player uh, who was like a private a, a detective or an investigator. Uh, similar, you know, procedural. He he didn't like following the rules, and he was tough. And I think I was in love with his partner, but I can't I can't be a hundred percent sure. Uh, I I can't remember which show they say I love it when a plan goes together. I think that was the guy on the A team. I think Hunter had his own catchphrase though too. And again, I don't know how old I was watching this, like seven years. I have no idea. Maybe maybe even in reruns. But I know I watched A-Team when it was on the air. So that was Mr. T. He played B.A. Baracus on the show, Heart of Gold, because he was best friends with Murdoch. If anyone bullied Murdoch, you know, Mr. T would get him. Any scenes with kids, they always related to Mr. T. You know, anything with saving animals or kids, Mr. T did that. Uh, his mohawk, I always, as a kid, would think, would fantasize about touching it, you know. It just looked very touchable. And he would say, I pity the fool. I pity the fool. And then he would always get mad at Murdoch, and he'd say, keep talking, you know. And so he had that show, and he, I think he was like a regular on the you know, the TV show circuits and the game shows, but he was always in character. And part of his character was he like wore a lot of gold chains, and he would he he always he never had sleeves because he had huge biceps and huge arms. Uh, but he never broke character. It wasn't like, and I guess I I, I mean no, I guess it makes me very curious, but. Uh, but it worked, you know, and especially at the time, it was like, uh, and I don't know, I guess people, I wonder if people wondered at the time, was there like articles, is this Mr. T, you know, Mr. T, you, you kidding me with this, right? I, I pity the fool who asked me, you know, or somebody just goes, what are you doing? What are you doing later? Are you going to be still acting like this later? Uh, but he was a very, he was very, very good. I mean, if, if it was just a role he was inhibiting in, inhabiting, uh, inhibiting, that doesn't make any sense, but, uh, he did a great job. And if it was, a, it was just really him being himself, uh, he did a great job, but he was so popular that at one point he had a, he had a, he had a TV show, like a Saturday morning cartoon 
And the best I can remember the cartoon uh, was that he, it was a procedural cartoon, but instead of being in charge of the A-team, he was Mr. T. And I'm pretty sure he was like in charge of a team of gymnastics kids. Like he was like their gymnastics coach. And I'm not trying to be funny. I think he would wear like a red track suit. Uh, as a cartoon and and then he had a kid there was like a red-headed kid that was obsessed with him that that like he had a mohawk and he he wanted to be mr t and then the red-headed kid had a dog that had a mohawk that wanted to be mr t and so there's always humor around that i don't remember anything about the cartoon i know i probably watched it but and then they also had a cereal, which was, and this is not sound. This might you know sound un Mr. T like, but it was it was Captain Crunch ripoff. It was just Mr. T, and I think it was probably T's and M's and maybe R's. Uh, but it was Captain. No offense, Mr. T, but I think it was just you know. As a matter of fact, Ali G's people, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen Enterprises, you know, Ali, you know, we could do that with that. But again, I guess it's say, well, it's too, you know, they say, well, only Allie G would win. Only Scooter and Allie G would want Allie G cereal. And I would say, it's really good because I can't get, I haven't had Captain Crunch in a long time, but I can never get it out of my teeth anyway. So, yeah, probably don't do it. But yeah, I was always wondering, like, what would, uh, like, I, I, it's just weird that I can't remember like so, because I'm like, okay, is it, am I sure the cartoon? It was like Mr. T and the Teen T, T, you know. And it was a little bit like a Scooby Doo thing where they would go to a competition. And I don't know how people would get a hold of them, you know. But they would use, and it was probably like a similar team to like, uh, you know, Scooby Doo. Like it had the lead male and female, and then you know, their sidekicks, then the redheaded kid and the dog, and then Mr. T. And I don't want to sound controversial, but who the hell would let their kids drive around in a, a van with Mr. T uh, if he wasn't Mr. T? Like, if he was their coach, it'd be like, they, like okay, so you're going to drive across the country in a van with that guy. Like, he just seems a little unstable, honey. He's got a mohawk. I say, well, Mom, he's the best gymnastics teacher ever. I mean, especially in the 80s, like, people wouldn't even let their kids, you know, people. It was like, that's when trick-or-treating got a bad name in the 80s, so I don't know. But it was a cartoon, so I guess they say, relax, Scoots, it was a cartoon. Uh, but I was like, oh, like, uh, what would a plot be of that, like... I guess, like, the kid, the kid kind of was like, he reminded me of the kid. He was, like, a Nickelodeon star for a while. Like, salute your shorts, that kid with the red hair. I don't know if it was the same kid or not, but that reminds me of Conan O'Brien. So we can imagine that kid was Conan and the dog was McGregor. And then, like, it was, geez, they were going to some town and they got into town and they heard about, uh, like, they went into the men's locker room, Conan and McGregor, you know, because they're always behind because maybe they're, you know, the rest of the team is too hip for them. And then they see a tired honeybee. And they say, hey, we're going to give you a drink and take you back outside. You don't belong in the locker room, bee. And then, you know, the, the bee tries to tell McGregor to talk to the dog. Like, at first there's a comic scene where the bee lands on the dog McGregor, and then they say, well, you don't know, you know, and everybody laughs. And it probably breaks this, the trophy for the big gymnastics tournament. So everybody's mad at uh, Conan. And then he goes back in the locker room, and then he's, whatever he gave the honeybee to drink, he forgot to put that in the sink, so everybody's so annoying. And then, you know, even the team's mad at them. And because him and his dog look alike, they call them the twins. And they're like, these twins are the most annoying people in the world. And, you know, then, but he's trying, he's saying, I think I have a case. And he says, you know, this town's missing all its honeybees. And they say, you're just trying to cover up for, you know, breaking the trophy. Nice shot, you know, way to go. 
They say, no, no, I'm not trying to do it. Like, I really think. They say, well, who cares about honeybees? And they say, well, you know, 20 or 30 years from now, you'll care. Actually, no, they won't care. You know, all the honeybees will die off and everyone will still be like, uh, what, what, what honeybees? Uh, but he, he just keeps trying. And then, they, you know, and then, you know, then it's like the big match, you know, then they like, he, he's kind of been down and then Mr. T probably at the, you know, before one of the break, no, maybe not before, maybe before one of the act breaks, you know, where they can sell us Mr. T cereal and stuff. He says, Hey man, you know, what, what you look down, you know, he said, the team said you, uh, and then he gives, tries to give the kid a life lesson but Mr. T also, you know, it, usually he learns something. So he's trying to give him a life lesson, which is a good life lesson, but not apropos for this time. You know, because Mr. T's, you know, would be like, oh, I should have believed you or taken action. You know, that's what he'll learn at the end of the episode is like, I should have turned, you know, to take an extra second to believe you. You know, that's what T team to teammates do. But instead he gives him some, uh, you know, he says, you know, sometimes you got to get, you know, sometimes you get distracted because you're scared, you know, and there's no, you know, he tries to boost his self-esteem because he thinks he's nervous about the big whatever, I don't know what this guy's on, you know, palm horse or rings or springboard or the freaking floor routine. But, you know, he, he's, he's Mr. Teacher, he gives him a life lesson, commercial break. Then the kid ends up winning. And then that's it. Like, uh, he kind of forgets because he gets a little boost and his team boosts him during, like, it was like a close match. Even the dog barks and the kid's like up again. He's, you know, he's back into the, he's accepted back into the group. Mr. T's like, I want you to cheer on, you know, then it's, of course, it's the handsome guy. That's going to win it all, the whole tournament. And maybe the handsome guy, he had, you know, something happen at home that he's trying to get over. And then everyone's gathered around, and, and maybe the kid, Conan's in charge of, like, uh, chalking his arms or something. And yeah, like, this kid can't go on the rings without, the you know, someone. It's like the rules that his hands got to get chalked by somebody else, or they got to have their own chalk. And then he's do he's getting ready to chalk, and then he sees a bumblebee carrying like a sub out the window, and he's yelling, and no one's believing him, and it's like a you know a missing submarine or something, and he, you know he can't even believe his eyes, but no one will listen, you know, and he's like, come on, come on, there's a submarine outside, and he gets DQ'd because he didn't have the chalk. The team, Mr. T team, loses a tournament. Even Mr. T loses his cool. Like, not too much, but he says, you know, Conan, McGregor, uh, where were you? And he says, there's a submarine being carried by bumblebees, you know, outside. And everyone's... <laughs> you know, knocking the kid. And, and then actually, probably the good-looking guy... You know, he's crushed, but then something like he's, of course, got to be the most sympathetic one or something. And he says, did you say bumblebees were carrying a giant submarine outside the window? And then the, he goes to wipe the kid's tear. And then in the tear, he sees a reflection of, you know, and he says, wait a second, you're right. And then they run out and then that's it. Like they see it. And then they got to get in the van. And Mr. T's like, we got to stop this. He goes, is this submarine kidnapping the bees? Is the bees kidnapping the submarine? So then they get in the van. And then they realize it's, and now this is not, this is out of their universe. But it, this obviously is some sort of, uh, you know, the bees are being hypnotized by some sub-based weapon. But someone's trying to steal the submarine. They've like, uh. You know, they're using some sort of, they've adjusted the sonar to some B level to get the bees to carry the sonar, just so you know you know that. So you don't think it's ridiculous that the bees can, because they could do that, you know. I mean, not anymore because we don't have enough bees, but back in the 80s, this was kind of stuff was happening all the time. No one talked about it. Obviously, no one believed it until 
Mr. T took up the issue. Uh, so they're flying with the sub, and then there's like jump in, and then they have to do some move that they had been working on at the pre, right at the start of the episode, this move they couldn't get right, this gymnastics move uh, that relies on Conan and McGregor. And, of course, you know, the handsome guy, of course. And then the handsome guy realized that he has to trust, and, Mr., you know, everyone said, oh, we needed to trust you. And he says, yeah, we, this is how we'll do the move this way. And then somehow, you know, Mr. T has to handle the adult stuff. So somehow they fling Mr. T up into the sub by using their team swing or something. And Mr. usually this part, you know, was handled pretty quick. You know, Mr. T gets in. He says, oh, Mr. Roboto, what are you doing? And he says, oh, Mr. T, you've caught me again. I'm, you know, bringing this sub for the Russians. And he says, I can't believe, why are you stealing the sub for the Russians? He goes, well, we need a sub also. You know, we know that in the future, Harper Lee's estate will no longer allow publication in expensive paperback books of Killed a Mockingbird. So, you know, we know you're already ignorant, but we want to make you more ignorant. So we're stealing all the copies now. And then Mr. T says, you're going to take away Kill a Mockingbird at an affordable price from our school so we can be fleeced once Harper really passes from this world. And then Mr. Roboto, you know, cackles. You know, Mr. T doesn't have to do much. He takes the robot out. And then again, maybe there's not this kind of double climax, but maybe, you know, that was part of the... So then maybe something goes wrong, yeah. Like, uh, now Mr. Robot, you know, then the thing starts fuzzing out. It's still above the city. No, it probably better be above the gymnasium with all the kids. And Mr. T, and no one can figure out what was controlling the bees. And then the kid realizes he had left it. He says, you know, so the bees are like about to drop the sub. So then the kid, Conan and McGregor, McGregor barks, and then they run over. They see the bee that he had saved. And nurse back to health outside the men's locker room. And he says, McGregor, tell him we need him to talk to the bees, you know. And then they go, and then he tells all the bees to just set the sub down back in the water. And, you know, of course, that could have been the other thing is that he claimed that his dog, that could have been in the van ride across country that he says, you know, McGregor can talk to the birds and the bees and that could be an easy to Mr. B, Mr. T, because if your parents told me no talk about the birds and the bees in this van, uh, which you better believe they would have. But so then, you know, his bee goes and talks. Then it's sad because he has to say goodbye to the bee. You know, but they set the sub down. Police come, get Mr. Roboto. You know, give the, and then they, you know, they piece together trophy. And the other team says, well, you should take this trophy for saving us all from that submarine and the bees. And they give it to the kid, Conan. You know, and that's it. And then the Mr. T says, all right, we got to get back in the van and, you know, whatever, go home or go to the next tournament. And then usually there'd be one more break, I think. And then Mr. T and the kid would say, well, geez, I think there was like the, the life lesson you know, reanalysis or like, and that's a good thing, you know. And that was, I guess, another thing of Mr. T. I mean, I guess I didn't realize this till now. He was like big with Nancy Reagan and saying, don't do drugs. I had totally forgotten that till just now. So maybe they like tarnished him a little bit, but but, but it was true to his character. So it shouldn't, you know, in a jaded person like me, uh, but that was true to his character, too. They have the show say, well, let's talk about some life lessons on the closeout here. So then they would talk about what they learned, and then there'd be a joke like, uh, and I also learned that uh, McGregor could talk to bees. And then he'll say, well, no talking about the bird, you know, something, one more joke. And it would be like, and everyone needs to listen, kids and adults together. So have a sit down with your parents, you know. And talk about stuff over a bowl of Mr. T cereal. So that, I mean, that's basically um, what what Mr. T makes me think of. You know, is a, and I think it's a good way to like end it out because he really was. 
he really, I guess uh, if this was an exploration, because for me and now I'm like, oh, wait, no. He was always doing a little bit more uh, to show that he cared. He, that, so it wasn't like he was synergistically created. I think Mr. T and I think his presence at Nancy Reagan's funeral proves that he really does have a heart of gold, a huge, huge heart. And that's probably why he was, you know, so beloved and part of why he, he had such a great popularity was because he went this extra step and, and, and seemed to care. And, and I guess so then it kind of, it says, well, geez, I don't know if he was, if this was a character or a person or not, it doesn't really matter, you know. Because uh, he was doing the, you know, just like all of us, he's doing the best he could, but he did pretty darn good. You know, and he never got credit for de- defeating Roboto. I guess he didn't de- defeat Harper, the Harper Lee estate, you know, allegedly. You know, geez, don't come after this podcast, you greedy punks. Uh, you know, please don't. Um. Yeah, so she said, with Emmy, that'd be the next episode. <laughs> Holy God, they better have no money, so please, please don't come after me. Uh, but maybe Mr. T could go after them to save a mockingbird. Mr. T and the Gymnastic Kids Part 2. Coming, you know, won't be, it'll be coming to a court near you. All right, good night. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the uh, first annual Field and Track of Thankfulness and uh, Good Nights. Uh, tonight's competitors are Nina J on the Javelin. Uh, Babs is in the. Uh, but, but I think she's in the. Uh, I can't. I don't know. This is. Uh, there's water on this. Uh, paranoia is uh, refuses to leave the locker room. Thanks and good night. Uh, Mark P. is in the uh, thing where they hand the batons, uh, the relay race. This is my first day on the job here. This first relay track and field event. Uh, Grizz Chick also, oh, well, so look at that. I mean, everyone else is in the re- 400 relay. Chef Stacy is providing all the uh, wonderfully healthy foods. Uh, Shane G's in the pentathlon, pentathlon, that thing. Uh, Jed from Man Afraid podcast is is thinking about that little that little water thing. He said, whatever that's called, steeplechase. He said the humans aren't. I said, well, today they do steeplechase. Illusionoid uh, podcast is is up in the radio booth. Uh, Lady Zoidberg will be ruling over the ceremonies. Thank you. Uh, Sean from AFCB podcast, a football soccer podcast. He's going to be throwing soccer balls to fans. That's great. And then Mike speaks loudly from song posts. He says, geez, a lot of people... Uh, helping out today, do we, how many competitors do we have? Because Mike's going to be uh, playing some songs. Uh, Matt P's going to be providing the hyperboles. Uh, and I said, well, okay, is that, a, is that an event? Uh, Geeky Girl is doing tiger handling. I guess that's a new event here. Jesse is in a, a ribbon toss. I don't know. I don't. I said you can't really toss a ribbon very far. You know, I used to. Now I, I wanted to get into the caber toss announcing, but that's not paid. They said. Uh, Karen L. She's in Anthony. Uh, Karen L's in the, the dream section, providing dreams, along with Anthony E. He's dreaming of Aunt Minnie. Uh, Keith is, is is handling the tangents. So okay, I'm, I'm trying to get a, somebody in charge here. See if there's any. Uh, Caroline S. She's in charge of nicknames. Uh, Pearl is in the kind, kindness competition, so that's good because she's very nice. Everybody here seems nice. 
Lydia P is in the engagement off, like trying to engage people. I, I said, Boy, is this, this is track and field, right? I knew they shouldn't have taken it. As he said, that scooter guy is no, you know. Uh, Misha's in the up all night, but still it was a positive attitude. So I said, uh, Harold Ray is uh, here on behalf of uh, puppies and, and, and kind friends. Amber H is, is believe it or not, is handling the H2O, so that everyone's hydrated. Oh, Xtina's doing cross country. Okay, so now we're getting into uh, Melissa B. Is in, she's setting out the starter blocks. Okay, now. Uh, Seth M, again, Relay. And if somebody is asking, is that because those are the only events you know? The Relay and Shot Put and Deck Castle. We had Dick Castle on. That's what Sarah P is doing. That's great. Uh, Sky Z, is he, he's handling the skywriting. Mayo is just singing My Girl repeatedly. But I think that's it. that can be competitive, don't you know? Uh, Sahil is in sailing, but I said, is that track and field? Oh, miniature sailboat. Okay, you know, I don't, and I said, that's, if that's a competitive, oh, thankfulness, we're supposed to be thankful for the competitors. Oh, yeah, because SPK is in charge of the water buffalo. No idea. Uh, the bug is in charge of uh, the, the uh, keeping bugs out of here. Uh, Brittany Allen slash CN are in charge of uh, podcasting live. Uh, Carrie K is in charge of hugs. Okay, that's great. Lauren M is uh, is here to handle any mysteries. That's good. Uh, Kayla is in charge of being up at five a.m. That sounds like a that sounds like a real competition. Uh, Catherine M. is writing a term paper on this event. Oh, man, I'm going to get... Uh, Lori S. is uh, complimenting all the competitors, so she's doing. She's probably going to take my job. Oh, uh, Not Very Raven's in charge of jiffing. That's a new event, too. Uh, Jordan B. is on the backup. I said, well, okay, that's cool. RGO is handling the production of, of I don't not this production, but you know the the professional level ones. Uh, Romelu is in charge of uh, bird watching. That's a competition, huh? Bird watching. Uh, Krista W. Oh, that's walking. That's a good that that one. I always I say I I could I don't think I could do that, but I can watch it and wonder. A notorious Ken is a fil- filibustering. Now that's another competition I'm looking forward to. Uh, Joanne, oh, she's in the chuckling competition. Okay. Uh, Jessica, Jessica, uh, she's in charge of keeping out any uh, Lannisters. That's great. Renata. Is in charge of Lombada. Okay, I'll watch that. Uh, Kiernan is a. Oh, he he has two new children, so he'll just be. He's just here in the stands. Uh, Awakening Cell is in charge of, you know, making sure everybody's awake. There's only like nine competitors here. Wendy Seagull is in charge of uh, keeping the seagulls, you know, for not, nothing to, for them to eat. Uh, Casey G is playing guitar. I don't say competitively, just, you know, pleasantness. Uh, Love Cannabara. Uh, Love Cannabara, they might fall asleep. Gina is in charge of uh, legal relief, relief for the legal team, actually. Ciara, Ciara? Uh, Ciara is in charge. Oh, the tricycle racing. Oh, boy, that's going to be fun. Squirrels in charge of ending any quarreling and babysitting. 
Roy Jellybean is in charge of balloons. Uh, Phil L is in charge of lo- lagoons. Uh, Cape, Sh- Cape Shore, Cape Cod is in charge of cookie butter. Uh, Sarah with an H is in charge of episode 172. And that's, that's very awesome. Uh, Fiona's in charge of elves. Uh, Graham W's in charge of dream coats. Uh, Lauren S is in charge of investigations. What the fuh podcast in charge of fuh. Uh, Nick Q is in charge of the newsletter. Uh, Jennifer D's washing people's faces with shampoo. Uh, Pam G is in charge of uh, Mediterranean Vistas. And Kayla is in charge of both Tardises and Jigsaws. That's sweet. Jack S is a bar. He, he's, he's enabling barred ships. Oh, Aubrey D is in, in charge of singing. Uh, she's in the double clicks. Uh, Vader Von Doom is in charge of droids, and I don't, I don't think in a good way. Ingrid, Ingrid's in charge of the clock. That's important in track and field. I know that much, so good luck, Ingrid, because I got no idea what's going on. I thought this was track and field. Uh, Kouka. Kouka is in charge of the, also walking competition. Uh, Gavin's in charge of Worcester sauce. Angus is in charge of uh, OKs. I love that. And that's it for this track and field to compare. I guess, I don't know. I mean, I know I'll be fired from this. So thank you. Thank you and good night. That's all I can say. Thank you, everyone, and good night.